God, God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you that we get to experience your love. Thank you that we know your goodness, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that even tonight, that you, that you show us more of your goodness. May we fall more, more in love with you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good evening, guys. You guys can take your seats. So, I just had a joke for Andre, but he's not here tonight. That was my, that was my first one. Now it's out. But I was, what, what I was going to say is, you know, Liverpool's great, but, <laughs> but I'm going to leave it right there because I, I, still, I, I still want my job tomorrow. Yeah? I still want my job. Andre, I love you. I love Liverpool. Liverpool. Real Madrid. Liverpool. Don't worry about it. But yeah, so tonight we're speaking about our first, um, our, our first week of our series, Anchored. And this morning's been amazing across. Uh, I, was, I was in Mokbos this morning. We, we had an amazing Sunday. Um, I just want to say, firstly, thank you so much to Andre and Leanne for giving me this opportunity to stand here. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful to be on the team. Every day is a blessing. Um, and then also, I want to say thank you to two people that often don't get thanked enough, Chris and, and Dieter. Listen, you have not seen the amount of work these, these two people put in to make sure we have a church. To make sure we have a church that's working, that's thriving, that's breathing, that's life-giving. I uh, just want to say thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time to invest in us in the, in, in the next generation. Um, yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah, hope. Anyone um, ever felt hopeless? I don't, know, I don't know if you guys can relate to a situation where you just don't see the way out. You've tried to play out every scenario. It's like, I don't know how. The math is not, is not adding up. The bull is going to come at the end of the month, but the math is not adding up. The, um, my child is maybe spiraling the wrong way. I don't have a child. Maybe your child is spiraling in the wrong direction, and you're like, I don't know where to go. It's like, when hope is lost, what do you do? And the question, and the main question that I want to ask tonight is, are you anchored in God? And that's the title of the sermon tonight, are you anchored in God? What is hope? Hope, the definition, is a, is a confident expectation of fulfillment or success. A confident expectation, and you, you have a desired picture. You know where you want this to go, where your life to go, where your young person, where your family to go, but it's not there yet. still coming. So hope is closely attached to the future. We are looking ahead. Looking at today but hoping for a better tomorrow, right? And I want to read a a scripture in Psalms. It says, yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And the, the psalmist is basically saying that I'm not hoping to see God's goodness only in heaven. But I'm actually hoping to see God's goodness in my day-to-day life. I'm looking back at my life and I'm saying I've seen how good God, God's been. And I'm looking forward to see, wow, look at what God might be, might be doing and might do in my future. And so, hope is the state of your mind and your heart. And my question is, what's the state of our minds and our hearts as the church? Do we have a hope? Do we have a hope for our day-to-day? Do we uh, walk around saying, oh, 
the world is just getting more and more, the, the world is getting evil and there's just, I just can't wait till Jesus comes and takes us out of it. Or are we looking at the world saying there's an opportunity to reach people, to bring life, to bring God? Do we have a hope for our community? Do we, do we look at the hopelessness that exists in the world and pierce it with hope? Or are we consumed by hopelessness? Are we, are we, are we living our lives consumed by hopelessness? Or are we looking forward at a better picture? And I've got three points about hope tonight. The first one, if you're taking notes, is our hope gauge. And I want to ask you, what's your hope gauge? From one to ten, what's your hope gauge for your, for your future? What's your hope gauge for your life? What's your hope gauge for your family, for your career? Our hope gauge is an indication of what we believe about God. Don't you think about that? A hope gauge is an indication of what we believe about God. I have two volunteers. Can my two volunteers come up? They, they're somewhere in here. Sabelo, come on, man. Where's Tando? And the whole idea is we've got Tando here representing God. Hold, my, hold the sign, of course. Duh. Duh. And then we've got Mr. Ngube. We love you, bro. Representing life's challenges. Trust me, you're not a life changer, you're a blessing. You're an absolute blessing. And hope is determined, or the, the, the ga- our hope gauge is, is an indication of what, what we believe about God. How I see this life challenge, my tough times, how I see God influences how I see this. If I'm seeing it, you guys turn to face me, I'm seeing life challenges and then God's there in the background. It's different. I'm consumed by this. I can't even look at there. I'm just like, oh, my child is going through something at school. My, I, I, I need to pay my debts. I'm, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know my career, my mental health is spiraling downwards. Life challenges, life is just consuming me right now. God, please, can you come and help me? And it's like God is standing in the distance, like just chilling there, watching you go through tough times. But... If I'm standing on this side and, li- and life is challenging me, but I'm so focused on who God is. I'm so tuned into who he is. It's like if I, need, if I need provision in my life, he's my provider. If I need healing in my life, he's my healer. Because I know who he is. I don't just wait. I'm not just waiting on life to consume me. I'm looking at life through the lens of who God is. He's good. He's good to me. He's faithful, even when life doesn't reflect it. But I know who he is. And I, I want to I wanna show you that you can look at life through the lens of who God is. Get a deep understanding of who God is. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. But, 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 the, but, the, but the point of that is when you have a high view of who God is, you see life differently. When you have a low view of who God is, like God is in the trenches with me struggling. It's like I'm struggling and God is there struggling with me. God is not a person that he's there with you not knowing what to do. He's sovereign. He's over everything. He knew your challenge before it came. He knows where your challenge is going to go. So look at God and be like, life can be hard, but look at who God is. That can always give you hope, right? So I want to ask you, What's your hope gauge on a realistic 
Don't, don't, don't give me the answer, but what's your hope gauge on a realistic measure? Are you actually being consumed? Could it be that maybe you might need to look at God a little bit differently? Get a deeper understanding of who he is. You know, too many of us are trying to get our lives in order so we can have hope. Let's, you know, if I get my career, if I get, my, if I get that degree, I know that I'm moving somewhere. If I, if I get that husband or a wife, I know I'm moving somewhere. There's hope. And you're looking at the external things to validate your hope, to give you a sense of hope. But when you look at who God is, you'll always have a sense of hope in every single circumstance. So I want to encourage us to have a high view of who God is, not thinking that he's somewhere in the distance looking at us like, what's this guy going to do? And yeah, I wrote here, God is loving, he's merciful, he's, he's all-powerful. Therefore, you can truly trust in him. You can truly lean on him. Amen? Then my second point is, hope creates capacity to persevere today. Right? When you have a, a, a picture of a, of a better future, you can get up in the morning and face it. You can, when, when you really feel, and I, I don't know if there's anyone here who's felt like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. It's like, I, don't, I can't even get out of bed. And I felt like that before. But when you have a picture of a better future, you can face today. Now, there's a, 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 a scripture in 1 Kings where Elijah, and, I, and I'll just tell you guys the story, where, where Elijah, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, where he, he was facing the false gods of Baal, the false prophets of Baal. And they went up in this contest to try and prove whose God is the real God. So they, he, he was on the other side saying, of course, the God of the Bible is the true God. And they were on the other side saying, no, the God of Baal, Baal is the true God. And they went on this contest and they put sacrifices on altar, to altars. And for days, the prophets of Baal cut themselves trying to prove their, their worth to God, to Baal. And Baal never answered. And Elijah uh, calls God and God answers with fire from heaven and burns up the offering. And it's like this amazing story. And just after that amazing victory where God had proven his, his, his power, Elijah gets um, on the run because the Jezebel and, and the king are after him as a fugitive. But between those two moments, there's a little passage. And this is 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, to chapter 18, verse 43 to 44. And that's where um, Elijah... Sorry, that's where Elijah is, sorry, I've, I've lost my train of thought. In, oh yes, I got it, it's back, it's back. So, so Elijah is in between these two contrasting events, Elijah is praying for rain. And he goes up onto Mount Carmel and, and he, the Bible says he goes down on, 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 like on his face and he prays for rain. And he sends his servant, so he's on the mountain, he sends his servant to go look out to the sea to see if there's rain coming. And the servant goes, okay, go and look. And he goes and he's like, I don't see any rain. And he comes back to Elijah and says, sorry, bro. And Elijah keeps praying. He's like, I'm trusting God. You know, I, I, I believe. And he goes, go back. He goes back. First time he did it, second time he did it, nothing. Third time he did it, nothing. Fourth time he did it, nothing. To give you some context, there hasn't been rain for three and a half years. 
And Elijah actually made that to happen. He said that there wouldn't be rain. He prophesied it, and then there was no rain. Now he's praying that it comes back. And I can imagine on the fourth time, the servant must be going, yo, man, Elijah, I think you broke the weather, man. You know? It's like, you, 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 I hear you saying it should come, but, like, it's not happening. Fourth time, fifth time, seven times the servant goes back to look for, for rain. And when he goes the seventh time, he says, he comes back and he says, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand, a little cloud. And it's so crazy how this feels so insignificant, but in, an, in a season where you have not had any rain for three and a half years, a cloud is something. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. And, I, and for you guys, maybe your cloud is your son coming home on time. Or maybe your cloud is your son saying, I want to go to youth or I want to go to church. And you've been praying. You've been like, God, can this thing change? Maybe uh, a cloud is your boss is talking about a, some kind of an increase in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm getting them. Some kind of an increase. I need it, man. I need it. <laughs> you know, Maybe for you, that cloud is something different. Maybe it's, I don't know, your life, life, we all have situations where we need. And we need a cloud. We need some kind of hope. But it took some persistence and perseverance for that guy to keep running up and down, looking for that cloud. And that's something, I think there's such a lesson in there for us. Even James speaks about it, like how Elijah was a human being and in James 17, he says, Elijah... Was, a, was as human as we are, and yet, he, yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the skies, when the skies sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. So that, that, the lesson is that your prayers matter. Your persistent prayers to God matter. Let's keep going. Keep persisting in prayer. Keep speaking to God about your needs. Keep speaking to God about those areas in your life where you don't see it. It's like, God, I don't see it, but I know you do. It's like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know you know how you're going to get me through it. It's like, it's like once I've reached my limitation, that's where God takes over. And I want to encourage you guys. Let's keep persisting. It takes a little bit of, and I wrote here, fuspate. Fuspate. It's an Afrikaans term, because of course now I'm from Melkbos, so. Some fuss Take some fuss some grit, some fight, to see a hard time through. And I, I remember when, and I'm, of course I'm a son of this house in Tableview. I was here for, since I was 18, and then Chris and, and Dita came to me and said, we want to actually, we want you to go, to go start youth up in Melkbos. And I went to Mokbos and listen, the first six months were like this. <laughs> God, please, man. Like, I don't, I don't see it. I'm like, where are the young people? Young people don't like me. They're looking at me like, who's this guy? Who are you? I go to school. They're like, come to you. They're like, uh, excuse me, walk away. <laughs> and it felt in many senses hopeless. It, it really needed to take some fuss bait, some grit, 
some going to youth, there's like 12 people, and you're there like, come on, guys, we can do this together. And it just takes that persistence, and I, I want to actually share a praise report. Mount Boss, View City, this past two weeks, we had 84 young people. Two weeks ago, we had 82 young people this past Friday. And I just want to show you, there's hope. I'm not going to lie. There were moments where I felt like I'm a failure. I don't know why Chris sent me out here. I was having a great time in Tableview. There were moments. And it's like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. But I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep doing what I know you've called me to do. I'm going to make sure I keep my eyes on you. And can you just open a door? Can you just make a way? And I want to encourage you guys. I don't know what that means for you. That's my story. But, I, but for you, what do you need to just keep going? Keep bringing to God. Keep frustrating, not complaining. Just saying, God, I want to keep doing it until you make a way. Elijah's servant, it took some frustrate. Right? And so, and my third point, and this is my final point. And can I get the keys up, please? says, Jesus is the hope for humanity. Jesus is our ultimate hope. So today, I've been speaking to you most of the time about a hope for right now, for our day to day. But there's an overarching hope for an eternal future. Because life, as complicated and as difficult and as great, and it has a whole lot of, feels long, but it is only a blip when you put it in perspective of eternity. And it's so crazy how God designed this, how this blip impacts eternity. What I do here and what I choose here, what I believe here is going to impact my future. That's crazy how God designed that. But isn't this blip enough of an opportunity for you to come to God? Isn't this 60, 70, 80 years enough for you to say, God, I need you? How much more time do you need to understand that Jesus is your hope? That you are heading towards a future that is hopeless unless you come to Jesus. How crazy is that? That we, like without him, there's no hope. But with him, there's ultimate hope. In, in Hebrews 6 verse 18 to 19, it says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This hope for a, a better future, an eternity with Him, an eternity with peace, where these ups and downs of life don't matter, but I know that I'm with Him. But it starts now to secure that hope. It starts to say, yes, Jesus, I'm done trying to do it my own way. That was stressful enough. I actually want to do it your way. 
I'm done running it my own way. I'm too toxic. I can't do this by myself, but I need you. So, do you need more time? What else do you need to understand that Jesus is the only hope? What else are you looking for in your life to, to fill some kind of hope? In Romans 5 verse 2 it says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserving privilege where we now stand. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Isn't that the best news you've ever heard? That we can share in God's glory. You know who you are. I know who I am. I don't deserve God's glory. I don't deserve His goodness. I don't deserve anything good that comes from God. And His grace supplies my needs. He's, his love sustains my soul. And I want to just encourage you guys. Could you take hold of that hope tonight? Can we close our eyes? I actually want to give this, this time an opportunity for some people. You feel, you know, God is knocking on your heart. You know you need to turn to Jesus. You've been doing it your own way for too long. If you're here and you know that you want to turn to Him today, could you raise your hand? I'd love to pray a prayer with you. I see those hands. I see those hands. Don't let this moment pass you by. I once heard a preacher say, don't wait till you say, I almost did it, but I didn't do it. I see that hand. Can we pray together as a church family? Jesus, I thank you for your hope, for your love, and your sacrifice. Jesus, come into my heart. Transform my mind. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we give it up for those people? Come on. You know, the Bible says every single person, every single person that makes that decision, heaven celebrates. Every single person that says, I actually want to hold on to the hope that is Jesus, heaven rejoices. So, this is the best day. And, yeah, let's hold on to the hope that is Jesus. Let's hold on to the hope that even through the ups and downs, He sustains us. He'll take us through it. He brought us into it, but He'll take us out of it. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Can we just honor Saki? You know, it's really been amazing to watch you grow. And just, uh, I remember Saki when he was 18 and he had just come down. And uh, he was serving here. It was part of um, the, uh, was it the personal growth with Uncle Graham. But just to watch how Saki's grown in the season and just how Malpus is flourishing. And you're not only investing into the next generation, but even the senior people in the church are just going like, man, what an example. A guy who lives out his life for Christ and everything he does. So we just one more time. Can we just honor you? We thank you. That's a great message. Before we come to a close, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, uh, this morning as we were speaking on hope, Graham actually said something that's just it's stuck in my head. And it said, you know, that um, we are called as Christians sometimes to exercise our hope for the behalf of others. 
Because sometimes we, we live in a world where people are hopeless. But if you can allow Christ to shine through your life, you may be the picture of hope that they've been waiting for. And so our vision for this year is God can. We really believe that God can save. We really believe that if you invite somebody, God can actually answer that, that, that call for that invite. And so you'll see on, the chair in front, on your chairs, we've got God can slips at the moment. And as an Easter campaign, as we are building up to Easter, we are encouraging our church to join us as we invite people on this journey. And I don't know, you may have somebody that you can think of tonight that maybe you think's hopeless. Maybe you think, you know, if I invite that person, they'll never come. I encourage you, actually, I challenge you, I actually implore you tonight to fill their name out on this, on this slip. And at the end, we've got a God can uh, where you can drop it in and we'd love to come alongside you. As you pray for that person, we'll pray for that person. And as you go out to invite that person, I believe that if you can invite them, God can save them. And we truly believe that this year. And so while we're doing that, we want to have a bit of fun with you guys. Um, we know all of this is a church of selfies, right? Come on. Um, I, I, I was joking because my wife and myself took this picture in, in, in our church last week, but she made me take about 30. Because uh, when you take a picture with your wife, she's always like, no, my face is doing that. No, my eyes are doing that. No, and, so I encourage you, grab somebody today. And we've got these Corex boards at the back in our Next Steps lounge. You'll see our Next Steps area. It's a big black banner that says God can. And we encourage you, why don't you grab this and take a profile picture and, and change your, sorry, take a picture and change your Instagram or your Facebook or, uh, ha, uh, p- profile pictures to God can. And I'll tell you why we're doing this, because maybe this is the message that somebody in your friendship group needs to hear. Maybe it's a simple message that God can. He's the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. And I believe the church is the mechanism by which he uses to reach people. So why don't you use your social media as a platform to reach people? So I encourage you, grab it, grab your wife, grab some friends. Don't grab somebody else's wife, okay? Um, But then uh, take a picture and and change your profile picture. And let's continue to invite people this, this, I almost said Christmas, this Easter. uh, come on, that's so amazing. Listen, I want to remind you guys, any teens in the house here tonight? Any teenagers? Come on, I want to hear you. Look at the most boring bunch of teenagers. Woo! Come on, let's hear that. Any teenagers in the house? Come on. Uh, we've got Stand Camp coming up, guys. You do not want to miss. Stand Camp changes lives. We have seen kids' lives transformed on camp. I've seen it in my own children's lives, how camps can change and they can get into the presence of God. And I encourage you, if your child wants to join, why don't you sign them up for, for Stand? Apparently, the closing date is this Friday. Coming Friday, so there's a deadline to the closing date. But I encourage you, go ahead, sign your kids up for Stand Camp. It is going to be power. They are not going to regret it. Can we open up the salvation door there? Saki's just opening up. If any of you made a decision here tonight uh, to, to, to follow Jesus for the first time, I want to encourage you through those doors. We're going to have some of our teams there. They'd love to pray with you and give you more information as you take this next step. For all of our new people, please don't run away. We'd love to connect you in our connection area. On the count of three, we're going to let off one more praise until we see each other again next week. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to let out one massive praise and we're going to just lift this roof. Can we do that? Okay. One, two, three. Jesus! God bless, guys. Have an amazing week.